Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is Steel Curtain Network editor Dave Schofield coming at you Tuesday night. It's a little bit after, further after nine than we want it to be, but we had some def- technical difficulties. We were getting worked out. And with me as always, except when he's not, is my big brother Rich. Big bro Sco, how is it going tonight? We will take a moment and... Breathe in that sweet smell of another Steeler victory. That's right. We needed to get another another good deep breath there. So far, the Steelers have followed the pattern. Loss, win, win. Loss, win, win. That means they're due for a win this week. And then we'll worry about breaking the pattern after that. So, exactly. All right. Yeah, it was. All right. I'll. Of course we know. Just the, the game had a completely different feel to it. For people that are like, oh, well, the Steelers still only scored 16 points. You have to ask yourself, were you watching? Were you watching the game and getting a feel for what the offense could and couldn't do? Because if you felt that it was the same old, same old, it wasn't. Now, there was reference to one of the things that the Steelers overcame that had been a monkey on their back for a long time. And that was, you know, making such a big deal about the 400 yards gained on offense. And they never did it under Matt Canada. And it had been since week two of 2020. If you're looking at the regular season, it was the wild card game in 2020. If you include the, if you were counting the postseason, that was the streak and all that other stuff. And I kept saying the yards don't matter if you get the win on the scoreboard. And it still didn't matter if they would have hit that this week and not won the game. But, The fact that they were able to do that, like I say, it's not the goal, but it's a byproduct of playing better. We referenced that in the title. I don't know that people were getting the reference to your title that you came up there with. Oh, you know. You might have to explain it. Uh, 400 yards and running is, uh, was a uh, quick little shout out going back in the day to the old NWA album, A Hundred Miles and Running. There you go. (laughs) It was, it's an old school. See, now that NWA, I wouldn't call that hip hop. That, that was, no, that that was definitely rap. Well, I guess what they would call gangster rap. Um, Yeah. So that, that was the title of one of their albums. So that was a play on words there. And unfortunately, it's fun when you do it, and I hope some people got it. But if if the, if you don't, then and you have to explain yeah, it. But it's what yeah, we but get. see, no, but see, this had a double meaning then too. Okay, yes. the Steelers achieved four hundred yards this past weekend. Correct. That's correct. But they still did it by running. The yes. Football. Yes. 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 See, that was the second piece to it. Mm-hmm. 400 yards and running. It was still a run-heavy game, and the passing game worked off of the running game. They were really? a complement to each other. When you really look about what it, you know, if the Steelers are going to put up 400-yard games, that the way this worked out, the 150-ish, 60-ish yards rushing and what 270 yards passing? Love it. Love it all day. Yeah. You do realize that this was their lowest rushing yards total in the last four games. Yes. 
and it was still a phenomenal <laughs> game. And it was a hundred, what one fifty three? I think it was one fifty two, one fifty three. One of those. Because all I know is that well, we'll talk about this more. Uh, yeah, Wes has long live easy. I also want to know. Shout out to Captain Underpants. I know you're you're heading out. I'm saving your super chat for when we do scores at the end. I yes, have a way that will. I can go back to just see super chats. They added that more recently, which is really convenient. So I'm saving it. Since you did it, I will go back and bring that one up when we do that at the end. So Thank I wanted to acknowledge that I saw saying, hey. that it was there. Yeah. So, but uh, not now. Now that was a long, long easy. You're saying all the oh the running, the rushing. Jeff Hartman set a line for rushing yards where we did our over under on the preview. And all three of us took the over. And the Steelers went over. And just like Najee Harris, who hit 100 yards, then he lost a yard, ended with 99. But even after Najee lost a yard and Jalen Warren lost a yard on two consecutive runs, we were still the over. Until, until Kenny Pickett took three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that tells me? Jeff Hartman said a great line. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, he did. So uh, when being in victory, victory formation causes you to go from the over to the under, you pretty much nailed that line. So we'll talk about that more on Thursday. But I thought I, I know you would appreciate that as a numbers person. But, uh, Rich, we had, a, we had a fun show last week because we were the first live show after the Steelers made the change at offensive coordinator. Now we got a game under the, uh, under our belt as fans to kind of take it all in. And I know there was some discussion while we were having some technical difficulties about, you know, who cares about 400 yards. Honestly, I don't care about 400 yards if the Steelers are winning. It's not that I don't care. It's not the end-all, be-all. But being able to do that, and it, to me that shows that you are a more competent offense, that you're simply not just – doing what the Steelers had been doing up until this point. It was just, there's so many things in this game that felt different. Now, I'll ask you this. Was the Steelers' offense predictable? No. Then how did I predict the first play? Uh, because it's what we needed to see to know there had been change. <laughs> no, because... My my prediction was the exact opposite of what the Steelers do and something that we haven't seen all season. They'll yeah. do it the very first play. I didn't think they actually would. I mean, I hope they would. And they did. I mean, they think the run and hit Fairmouth right down the middle of the field. That was, you know, because to, to me, I was like, you know, kind of slap in the face to Matt Canada on the very first play. Let's do what's, what you constantly refused to do and i have to be careful what i say and what i don't say because I, I i've said this before when we get information from from various things now through a lot of different channels now that we're now, now that you know jeff Bryan and i helped start ffsn that we we get other information some of which we're allowed to share and some of which we're just like keep this in mind but don't necessarily put it out there so sometimes i gotta rein myself in to make sure i'm not doing that but uh i will say that that very first play that the steelers used the middle of the field i'll just say this that's what you're going to get 
when Mike Tomlin is still with the Steelers and Matt Canada is not. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So it was just, it just felt different. Now, Coach Tomlin said today at his press conference that one of the things that kept their scoring down, obviously, you know, they had a turnover in the red zone. He didn't even mention, he talked about that later, but he talked about the, about, Field position was significant in this game, and we came out on the wrong end of it, is what he said. He called out the special teams right away in his press conference. He's talking about coverage. He's talking about returns. He's talking about penalties on returns and things of that nature. Any thoughts on that? And, well, and you... I don't know if it's on the kicker or the coordinator, but daggone, when we have Chris Boswell, just kick the freaking ball out of the end zone on kickoffs, please. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Because, now, you know, yeah. We, we gave up that one pretty big return. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it was just like, man, just. Keep them back and let defense hold back there. Don't let them hold out at the 45 because then you're going to get punted down inside your 20. But uh, just he was correct. Okay. Honestly, we talked about actually, we haven't talked that much about special teams other than the fact that Boswell is amazing. Amazing. He's <laughs> And I think we need to tell, you know, this week it was obvious. You know, I'm sorry. The special teams was the worst looking unit for the Steelers this week. Yes. Haven't, haven't gotten to say that in quite some time. Because they could have been less than average and still not have been the worst. Correct. In the past. A Steeler Chick 46 brought up and said Tomlin caught out big press too. He did mention the punting. Now, not to the degree that he did earlier in the season. No. No. But yeah, that was part of it too. So I like seeing that the coach Tomlin's like, hey, we've 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 got to we've got to keep it keep it tight and going uh the whole way around. Speaking of Mike Tomlin's press conference, let's hit a couple things. Minka Fitzpatrick is supposed to, to practice in some form tomorrow you got to remember the Steelers look at what they're doing right now okay since they since week four since week five when they played the Baltimore Ravens before they rolled into their bye okay these are the points they've given up 10 17 20 16 19 13 10 that's an average of 15 points over those games and the last you know the the last four were 16, 19, 13, and 10. And that was all without Minka Fitzpatrick. And pretty much most of the one before, but that was the one that was 20. That was the highest out of all of them. So the Steelers' defense has still been keeping it down without Minka Fitzpatrick. So what do you think that does to him getting Minka back? If Minka makes it back to play in the game this week, but at least he'll, he'll potentially be on his way there. 
Okay, first of all, Kyle and I have now predicted Minka plays in this game. Okay. Due to the move that was made today. Oh, because they 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 let go one of their safeties from the practice squad. Correct. Yes. I think, I think you're. Yeah. I, I think they've now said, okay, we don't need that extra cushion back there. Um, so it would not surprise me if Minka plays this week. Um, well, getting Minka back is only going to help mainly just because of losing Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander, the middle linebackers, the guys that were wearing the green dots. Although you got to yeah. admit, it's really not dropped off. Landon Roberts playing he well. He has stepped up. Yep. <laughs> he has stepped up. Playing yes. well, but really, you've got to bring up Michael Walker. That guy had a great game on Sunday, honestly. For the first I mean, time stepping in, was right up there at the top of the team with tackles, and he just seemed to be all over the field. Like, you noticed he was out there, and not for bad reasons. This, sometimes you don't have to notice your inside linebackers all the time. You don't have to. But you know where you notice them in the wrong way? When the other team is ripping off big runs, mm -hmm. whenever you're getting a lot of passes to the tight end and whatnot um, in coverage. I didn't see coverage problems from the linebackers. Nope. And the longest run of the day for the Bengals was six yards on a quarterback scramble. Joe Mixon did not have a single rush over four yards. Four yards was his longest. So to me, now, now, does it mean that it's the inside linebackers that are that are the sole reason behind it? Right. Absolutely not. Doesn't do, doesn't mean that they aren't. It just doesn't mean that they have to be. Right. But when but you it, notice your inside linebackers is when the other team is ripping off big runs and when they're getting those those short passes over the middle. Honestly, you know, you, you give credit to, to holding the, the Bengals to basically no rushing yards, honestly. Yeah. Um, you give that to Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, Keanu Benton. You even add in TJ and Alex Highsmith, mm -hmm. and then your two inside linebackers. Those guys just, they just were like, we are not going to let Joe Mixon hurt us, and he did not. Yeah. Yep. So that's exactly right. Um, no, I just kept the. I in particular, I would notice Michael Walker because it was like all of a sudden, be like, "Man, where'd thirty eight come from? Man, where'd he come?" Basic, like all of a sudden, the plays being made. It's like, dude, where where'd he come from? And and I kept thinking 38, 38. And I kept, you know, I had to look it up once or twice. Be like. Who's that? Oh, that's Walker. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. You know, um, because of course the thirty-eight throws me off because I'm thinking it's probably a defensive back, and of course it's not; it's a linebacker. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it was just really nice. You you know, I, I worried coming into the game would the Bengals be able to, for lack of a better term, pick on the inside linebackers? Yeah. And the answer to that was no. No. No, they were not. So good job by them. Yeah. You know what surprised while we're talking about defense here? 
I mean, because we were talking about Minka Fitzpatrick. Also, wait, injuries, just real quick. Calvin Austin third ankle. See if he can practice much this week. We'll see what ends up happening there if the Steelers. I mean, my goodness. they. I mean, they have wide receivers on the practice squad, you know, that, that they could bring up if they needed to. For example, like here, just – just to just to let you know where where they where they at where they at. oh sorry that's the injured ones um here you go they have four wide receivers in the practice squad Jacob Copeland okay Deuce Watts Des Fitzpatrick you know who was with the the Steelers mm-hmm. and the pre and Denzel Mims remember he's on the Steelers practice squad yep so if 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 BA3 can't go. You'll probably see that. Um, they did mention Kenny Pickett was dealing with a tender ankle. He might be, you know, limited early in the week. In other words, they didn't – that was Coach Tomlin saying, if you see Kenny Pickett's name on the injury report, don't freak out. To me, that's 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 what I'm, I'm looking at. Um, so, more on the defense. Here's something that was surprising to me. The following players had four snaps or less in this game. Okay. One of them was Miles Killebrew. Started the game, played the first defensive snap, and never played another one after that. Okay. Marcus Golden, four snaps. Nick Herbig, four snaps. Isaiah Loudermilk, or sorry, three snaps. Isaiah Loudermilk, three snaps. DeMarvin Leal, three snaps. Some of these other guys just aren't having to get on the field. You would say, oh, well, Kevin Herbig isn't bad. He played three snaps and got a sack on one of them. Yeah, that's pretty nice. But when the offense is, is controlling the ball in the time of possession, hold it for almost a quarter longer than the other team, Yep, you get to have guys like T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith not have to go out of the game very much. Yep. We talked about that at times last year. Yeah, as as we got towards the end of the season, we talked about Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith being able to play a higher percentage of the snaps because they were getting the break. Remember, we were having, you know, it was pretty close to this time. It was in December last year. We were having the same conversation. Yeah. So I look at it too as as you know when when your offense controls the ball like the Steelers were controlling the ball it's also beneficial to the defense because then you're able to have your best players out there making plays more often and when they're out there making plays more often and when they're holding teams to four and five play drives because they're able to be out there then the Steelers are getting the ball back again and then they're getting to go rest some more you know, it, yeah. it, it was it was the best I felt about a Steelers game in a long time. Yeah, and, and I mean, and I said this, that the Bengals are a much more quarterback-centric team than the Browns. Joe Burrow is, is more a part of that team, you know, more, more a, a big part of their success than what Deshaun Watson was for the Browns. Just doesn't have the same team around him, you know. When your other most prolific guys are wide receivers, if you don't have the quarterback to get in the ball, but Steel Dog eighty eight gives us five dollars into the tip chart. Thank you very much, Steel Dog. Says you can tell the Steelers' game plan was to force Browning to throw. Eventually, he was going to make that mistake. It was only a matter of time. Yeah, but the other thing I was noticing is 
the Steelers' coverage on the back end was really pretty good. So Trenton you know, Thompson we is, is, is stepping up. So, sometimes we say, you know, we think, oh, we're going to make the quarterback throw the ball. Well, gee whiz, we kind of did it, you know, in some ways against Cleveland, we were trying to make him throw the ball, and we let him throw it all over the yard, right? Yeah. Didn't happen so much the other day. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, a tip of the hat to, to Joey Porter Jr. I mean, he came mm-hmm. out and said he wanted to follow – chase all over the field and he he was on him a lot when when the dude has four catches and two of them were on on i'm not just going to say tip balls i'm going to say redirected you know i mean it wasn't just someone got a finger on it and it made it wobble they were both times the ball was significantly moved to a different spot and complete just shows yeah part Part of it's luck. Part of it is just showing his Part awareness of it is as focus. a receiver. Yes, focus. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, you got to have some luck to even have it to where you could adjust to it. But he just adjusted and and made the play. And right. fluky plays like that can can bust for something big. You know, why do you think the hook and ladder works? Because you're play, you're covering one guy, and all of a sudden it's tossed to a guy going the other direction. It's it's things not going where you expect it to be. And then one of the other of, of those other passes was that was just a, a fantastic catch on very good defense when he yes. caught the ball in his mouthpiece at the same time. So yes. even and that's the thing, if you're going up against a receiver that's that good, if the quarterback can put the ball in, in the only spot that he can catch it. And he catches it. Sometimes that's going to happen. Sure. I think if you look at it, play in and play out. Joey Porter did a very nice job. Although he didn't get the, the best, he didn't get a bad PFF grade. He just didn't get a great one. Um, I I did my article today about the the PFF grades. It was interesting. Like poor Nick Herbig, man. He got past. He got a. He was. In, he got a sixty on on two of the categories because basically he was average. He didn't do anything out of, out of the ordinary. And seventies in two other categories, and they gave him a grade, an overall grade below sixty. How does that even make sense? It was in there for three snap, three snaps. Has three a snaps. sack. Has a sack. Yeah. Uh, the other one was a run play. Uh, he was in for one play. I'm pretty sure I saw. Was a run play didn't go his direction, so he, you know, yeah. Uh, but my yeah, thing is, is how do you score a seventy in your pass rushing on one of your three pass rushes? Nothing that's a failing grade otherwise, and then but the overall is a failing grade. It makes no, makes no sense. Anyway, I, I don't want to get off and be on stuff. No, yeah, let's not. Um, I want to bring this up because Wes asked this a couple times. He says, "So let me restate my question because I used the wrong name the first time." What was Jake Browning looking at when Nick Herbig obliterated him? How didn't he see Herbig coming? Who didn't block? No, he was in coverage. Herbig was dropped off in coverage. And when Browning rolled out, that's where sometimes those guys are stuck in no man's land. You're out there. If you come up after the quarterback, then the guy behind you could be is likely going to be open. But he you wasn't. Know you know did? why? Do you, do you know why it was open? If I saw it correctly, I don't know. Okay. I want to say it was Joey Porter was over there as the corner. 
Porter passed his guy off to the safety and rolled up on Herbig's guy, and that's why Herbig was able to go in and obliterate the quarterback. But well, safely because did he even know that was happening behind him? No. So in other words, he, he it was covered. By, but to me, the the key was he wasn't indecisive when he made yeah, the when decision he decided- to go get him. He went and got him so fast. That reminded me of the closing speed that I saw when Bud Dupree decapitated Matt Moore in that playoff game against the Dolphins when I saw it live in stadium. I'm like, I couldn't believe how fast he closed. Herbig, same kind of thing. He closed so fast. I think maybe Browning thought, well, he can't come the whole way. He's going to leave something. No, he was, I mean, it just happened so fast. He didn't know what else to do. It was it, it was yeah that, yeah, was that play was awesome because of course Kyle and I as he comes in and just obliterates the car but like oh you know Renee wasn't in the room when that happened she heard us go she's like well something good must have happened for both of you to react like that at the same time yeah yeah yep so <laughs> well, hold on she's talking about those PFS scores Sherry Richards says uh their calculator had a clerical error. <laughs> Because <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Well, you know, but, the clerical uh, error is the clerical error. Yeah. So I'll be honest with you. There was one time there was a, a nice blitz pickup, I think, by Jalen Warren. I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if they find him another forty grand. They're going to say use his helmet. I'm, I'm bracing for another big fine for Jalen Warren. Uh, potentially a fine even for Herbig on that hit. We'll have to see. Um, but you know what? Those are those are checks guys have to write later. For now, we can just. Just in, in, enjoy the win. Um, That's all right. Yes, well, you know, you saw the one that they handed out to the guy from Detroit or whatever, right? From oh, blocking. yeah. I mean, yeah. you ten, had to try ten, to ten zoom in and blocking. really see it. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah. Uh, I really think that the NFL has just gotten, gotten into stealing money from players. Yeah. That's really well, no. what it's starting to seem like. Honestly, I think it is. And the thing is, the for these offensive ones, they're hitting them with such a bigger fine than some of the others. I mean, you're getting $10,000 fines for guys on defense. And, and Jalen Warren, because he doesn't, you know, it's so funny. People say, oh, I want to see, I don't want to see Najee Harris sleeping over guys. I want to see him put his head down and run over somebody. He will lose $48,000. You want to know why they're leaping over people? Because if you put your head down and run over them, you're going to lose $48,000. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And and um, they do those fines. I think the reason they're bigger on offense is to try to counteract it because the defense complains that they're always the ones um, that, that's fined. And um, and uh, I know Wes just said it, 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 it scored up past me, but something about um, adding to the revenue – all the fine money that that technically goes to quote unquote charity. It goes into a fund um, for for like medical costs, everything for retired players, everything like that. Right, right. But let's think about this. Hmm. Yeah. This would be this would be fun to dive into. So, because the NFL then has so much more money that they're getting from the players to then donate, are they donating less of their own money? I bet you they are. Bad. That they are, me. which then in the end, it's the NFL they getting money. money. Yeah, I don't know if they are or not. That's don't know just, if they are not, but it would be worth that. Would be worth looking into. Yep. So, all right, uh, we got. Plenty. I mean, we're just kind of talk. This is 
if you haven't watched this show before, this is what this show is. It's two brothers sitting around talking about what they saw on the game Sunday and how it is going forward. We spent a lot on defense. Rich, I mean, we and we talked about the 400 yards. Talked about What else do we want to talk about from the offense? Well, how about 11 catches? He was 11 targets. No, 11 catches. Oh, by tight ends. By tight ends. By tight ends, yep. Yep. Had 11 catches yeah. by tight ends. Nine from Friermuth, one from Washington, one for Hayward. 11 catches from the tight end position. How many catches did the Steelers have for the tight end position coming into the game? That's a good Isn't that question. that a great question? I can tell you this. Coming into the game, Frermuth had nine receptions. Yeah. In five games. Yep. He had nine in this game alone. Yes. He had four of it, four of the five games he didn't hit double digit yard. And, and I was the one who kept saying it. I saw in the preview, they're like, oh, Pat Frermuth's coming back. I'm like, so? Like, what do you mean? I'm like, they don't use him. They don't use him. You know, I mean, look at it. One catch, three yards. One catch, two yards. Then against the Raiders, he had three for 41. Okay. Three catches for seven yards, one catch for seven yards. That's what he did under Matt Canada this year. Then with the new play calling and everything, nine catches, 120 yards. That's now I'm excited play. about Pat Fairmuth. And I thought it could be potentially a Pat Fairmuth um, coming out party because I, I played him in my FanDuel lineup. Now, the rest of my lineup sucked, but at least I had Pat Framworth in there. So, so yeah, that, that's that, it is what it is. That, that, what do you know? The players who actually can thrive in the middle of the field can actually thrive when you start using the middle of the field. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. So, something Shocking. else I'd like, <laughs> something else I would like to talk about. There was one other play I want to talk about. Okay. You know what we're going to do? I Let's can't wait to talk about that talk play. About okay. We're going to take our break. And when we okay. come back, we're going to talk about that. Talk about that play. Now, we're not going anywhere. We're not. If you're on the audio side, you'll have some 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 commercials you're here with with YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter. We're not going anywhere. So so whatever you whatever you do. We're not urinating on the fire, man. No, because it's not over. It's not over. This is just our break. So we'll be right back after these messages. All right, Steelers fans, here we go. Roll it on to the second half of Scobro Show. Rich, what's the one play you want to talk about? I want to talk about the uh, long catch by George Pickens. Oh, okay. Okay. What was interesting about that play? The thing, honestly, here this is this is me. The thing that that I remember the most about that play is when he finally got tackled at the end. How he kind of almost got rolled up on, and I was worried about it for a second because he kind of arched back whenever that happened. But that I know that's not what you're talking about. But that's every time I watch the replay of that, I'm like, I, I'm still worried that he's getting hurt. But uh, thank goodness he's all right. Well, yeah, what's no, that to no, about? No. No, something that was real interesting about that play was that that of course was you know the deep route down the sidelines to Pickens. 
Where was Pickens lined up? Was he the slot? He was the slot. Yeah. Okay. Move guys around. <laughs> Moved guys around. He was the slot. Austin was the outside. Okay. Um, Austin runs a runs a hook so that that corner had to step up and protect him, which gave no in the defense they were in gave nobody to go back and give any extra help once Pickett let go of the ball. So that ball, you know, he Pickett threw that ball with some air under it, right? Well, if depending on what you're doing there, you know that outside corner could have potentially gotten back there and made a play, except he had to come up and guard Austin. Mm -hmm. Okay. And who's expecting that route from Pickens out of the slot? Yeah. What? You want to know what? They probably weren't prepared for it at all because they haven't seen it on tape. Correct. Correct. So now, so which is one thing that we have to remember. Now, teams are going to see some other stuff the Steelers do on tape. They really were able to catch the Bengals off guard. Yes, the Bengals do not have a good defense, but you know what? The Steelers are going to be playing a lot of not very good defenses. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm I have an article I was going to do on that, and it, and it keeps getting pushed back because of other stuff. It's probably going to be tomorrow afternoon that the Steelers don't see that many good defenses um, in, in in weeks coming up. So, but it, it's just so amazing to see these things that you don't expect. So much easier to to make plays, and if, when when you're only expecting one of three things, versus if you're expecting you have to prepare for one of 15 things, it makes it a lot harder to prepare. Yeah, but but the other thing you got to think about is this, okay? The Steelers came in, Matt Canada was let go on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Right? So, really, do you think there was a whole lot they could work on and do Tuesday to add into what they were going to do, maybe a little, but not much. Mm -hmm. So that basically then that gave you what Wednesday and Thursday and Friday's walkthrough day. Yeah. Right. That wasn't a lot of time to prepare and put some new stuff in. Well, and there was new. There was I, I don't want to say new stuff. New wrinkles. Yes. That were put in right. Okay. This week, do you think we're going to see some more? Some more wrinkles? Yeah. Yeah. I think the next week we're going to see some more wrinkles. Yeah. Yeah. So, although you can say that you can get it on tape, I think the Steelers are going to be able to have some things that are still, what I want to say, not so easy to read. Oh, and and also... To, to, to dive into what I was reading, yeah, they're getting on tape. Teams can now say they've seen it. They can try to – but what I'm saying is that they have a – it's more diversified what they have on tape. It's not the same old, same old. So now you can't just fly to it. it it's that, not that's the, kind of what I was it, saying. It's not the eight plays on Super Tecmo Bowl? Yeah, it's not the eight plays on Super Tecmo Bowl. Okay. Um, hey, I, I want to bring up something because this was a really good point. Got to skip back to the defense for just a second. George Rice said this as we have had good linebacker play no matter who plays all year. That's a first in years since Shay's here. You know who we need to give a shout out to? Aaron Curry. Yeah. Coach Aaron Curry coming in. Coach his first year with the Steelers. 
I mean, lost for the season two of two of his three starting linebackers. We say they only played two at a time, but any they they could use any combination of them. And yet, being able to get other guys prepared in there and ready to go, and the the play at that position, really, it hasn't been a problem. That uh, that yeah. and think about that. How many times is that all Steelers fans have wanted from their inside linebackers since they lost since we lost Ryan Chazier to injury is don't don't be a problem. Yeah, don't be a liability. Yeah. So loving that, loving that. All right, let, let's talk a few things. Of course, everybody wants to do you want to talk about the the non-challenge? Is there anything you want to say about that? There's not. No, no. Okay. I loved Coach Tomlin's explanation today, where he said it even more. And he's right in his training, but the NFL is wrong for doing it this way. Coach Tomlin said, I don't know if you caught this or not. Coach Tomlin said, the way that the officials call things in the end zone, if there was any possibility that they felt that it was a catch, they would have ruled it that way and then reviewed it to overturn it. So the fact that they wouldn't show a replay, Coach Tomlin couldn't see directly. And I mean, even if he was seeing from the sidelines, I don't think he would have seen. I don't know that he could have seen three feet from where he was looking at. My goodness, people are making a big deal out of it. But every, it was two or three plays later that people realized, oh, wow, that should have been a touchdown. It was probably already after the fumble by the time people, by the time most people realized it. But when Coach Tomlin, he said that, he's like, that's that's what they do. That's what officials do now. So for them to not call it that way and have it go to replay meant that they truly and honestly felt that there was no chance it was a touchdown. And I hate that. And the reason I – and I brought this up on the, on the, uh, on the Tomlin Tuesday recap. But I, I'm going to say it to you and just – and I've probably said it before, but I'm just going to say it just to just to get get your feelings on this. There, an official could have a play like that in the end zone that they don't think is a touchdown, but it's close. So they're going to call it a touchdown so it gets reviewed. What happens when that review is inconclusive? What happens if with the reviewer looks at it and says, "You know, I don't think that's a touchdown, but there's not anything conclusive enough to overturn that." Then you're looking at a situation where the official that made the call, the, the people in New York and the head official looking on the screen, none of them actually believe it's a touchdown, but they're forced to make it a, a touchdown call anyway. That's why I don't like it, because the call on the field is supposed to carry so much weight. And when you make that call on the field just to get a review, that's what they have to stick with unless they can definitely overturn it. So if an official thinks it's not a touchdown, they shouldn't call one. That's just me. Yeah. Because because of the burden of proof to overturn it, that's that's why. If you have to have that burden of proof to overturn it, then you should call it how you see it, not call it on, not call it based on. Will that make it a reviewable play? Thoughts on that? I, I actually agree with you. It, it's don't an official should never make a call thinking. Well, we can go back and review it. And there mm -hmm. are times where they do. There are times where, especially on fumbles, is where they kind of let things go. 
Yeah, and it's like, well, they can do it by review, and it's but it's obvious to everybody watching that it was, yeah, you know, was or wasn't a, you know, that it wasn't a fumble, you know, that the guy that the ground caused it, but they let it play out just in case. Yep. And then people get hurt. Yeah, I know, and, and, and it's like when a play you know what officials call what you see. Yes. And like you don't said, anticipate that I hate right. it when they anticipate. <clears throat> yeah. Call what you see and put the burden on of proof on somebody else. Yeah. Exactly. But that's I don't think that's the way they're trained now. And it's a shame. I don't think so either. And I think that's the problem. That's a big problem with officials. You're basically saying, don't trust your instincts. Do this. Again, again. Then how are they supposed to ever really call anything? Well, here's the other argument I can sit here and make, right? Yeah. It, when it comes to stuff with officials, hey, NFL, mm -hmm. get off your butt, pay these guys full time, and let's have full time officials. Yeah. You're a multi billion so We don't have officials industry. that are you can, having you to. You can pay these guys. That's right. And some of them are, I think, but not all of them. So, yeah, there's. Oh my goodness, that crew that did the Jacksonville game for the Steelers, weren't they the ones? Which game were they doing this weekend where they were screwing everything up? Uh, oh, I can't remember because people specifically pointed it out that they were just that they, the same crew was just blowing stuff. But let's not talk about official anymore. Let's talk no, about the Steelers team. Okay, because um let's talk some Kenneth Shane Pickett for a minute. Uh, hold okay, on. Go ahead. I, I gotta go back for a second. So West dug up for us. Yeah, first 10 games. Washington, Hayward, Fryermuth combined for 27 catches. If you count Hayward as a fullback, that number becomes 10. I count Hayward as, as a tight end. Yeah. That's 27 catches in the first 10 games. They got almost half that number mm -hmm. in one game. So, and wow. So that means, that means out of those 27 catches, 17 were Hayward. Yes. Wow. Interesting. That's 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 crazy. I didn't realize yep. it was that much. Um so uh, Wes said that it, it, I think it was the 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 Ravens Chargers game. It might have been the same official for that one. You know where they didn't call the out of bounds and oh yeah, it was that game. I remember that now. That's the one it was. So yeah, it's it's sad that you a uh, part of your I mean no joke. Part of teams games plans each week come when they find out what officiating crew is doing their game. Isn't that sad? That's very sad. You know, if you, but what you, if you're a team, you'd be stupid for not doing it. If you're looking at a crew and you're like, Hey, this crew lets you, lets defensive backs get away with a little more contact. How could you not be telling your defensive backs? Hey, you're probably going to be able to get away with a little more contact. Let's get a little more physical out there. Yeah. You know, you know it, it's again, like I said, it, it's sad that you would do that, but any team that's not doing it is at a disadvantage. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. But hey, let, let, let's talk some 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 Kenneth Shane Pickett. Let's talk Kenneth Shane Pickett. Because I, I brought this up. I mean, I wasn't trying to be critical, 
but when I do, I do my article in the PFF scores, Pro Football Focus score. So I, I got to do this. They gave Kenny Pickett a score in the nineties. He had the third highest score of any quarterback behind Dak Prescott and Josh Allen. He had the second highest passing score. See, Josh Allen had a high, had that rushing score that bumped his up too. So he was he was second in passing score, only behind Dak Prescott. Now, did Kenny Pickett? have his best game of the season. In my opinion, he did. Was only one quarterback this week better than Kenny Pickett on the field? I don't know that I buy that. Yeah, I don't either. But I don't care because Kenny Pickett got the job done. Did he struggle in the first, particularly in the first half when they would get pressure in his face? Yeah. Did he do the infamous duck and spin left into a sack? He did. Although that one wasn't as bad as the other ones, because no. that one the the guy was but coming just more shows at the him. Habit. I know it but shows the habit. You know what though? I watched. You know who else I watched do that the other night twice? Who's that? No, once you're trying to remember. <laughs> once I saw Jalen Hurts do it. I saw Fields do it twice last night. Um. I just noticed that that's a thing that some quarterbacks like to do. This one feels bad, bad about because the pressure came up the middle. He spun away from that guy. That guy was the guy that just got him by the foot and knocked him down. Yes. What's really so been irritating me? What's really been irritating me is when he gets that pressure up the middle and he spins, and when he spins, there's he spins the end the still coming there, and he and he goes right into it. When he when what he needs to do is step up. Yeah, I don't know that so, he definitely could have stepped up on that one. So, but uh, I'd have to go back and watch it again. And I don't really. And the one other time he was sacked, it was when he was stepping up. His sack, yes. his other sack was only a loss for two yards because he stepped up. You know what? That's not a, a, a game when you spin back and to the left and still get sacked. That's usually when you're using losing, you know, seven to eleven yards. Yep. But yeah, so. But I, I felt that I felt he was more confident. I felt that, you know, if the Steelers would have needed a fourth quarter, Kenny, they could have had one. I felt like you saw more of that throughout the game. I felt, you know, a lot of those drives, there was one thing that kind of slowed him down more than anything. Like you had that, you had the Jalen Warren fumble. You had the Broderick Jones holding call that was, mm -hmm. you had, honestly, on the last one, you had a you had a game strategy situation. Once you reached right. Boz field goal range, you didn't need to throw the ball. You needed to try to run as much time off the clock and go up two scores. Yep. That was not a bad strategy, especially when you're running the ball so well. Now, if you're running the ball terrible and you're going, you know, that's a whole different story. Now, did they lose a yard on each one of those run plays? Yes, they did. It, it happens when the team is selling out for it. But I also like that they then on third down threw a short pass. They yes. for everything in. So, so, so I still think some of these things will come. I, I said it before. I was expecting having to use timeouts on offense because the play clock was running down. I expected a lot of rush plays to the line. There was a few here and there that there might have been some of those issues. They didn't seem to have those issues. No. No, but part of that's because they've been working as a unit. The, the the timing of things didn't have to get off that bad. You did have a guy 
calm plays in Coach Sully, who has experience calling plays um, that all seem to go very smoothly. Yeah. So, you know, so you're, you're looking at it, you're like, okay, the offense was much better. The offense was much better, but we still only put up 16 points, right? Yeah. Look, yep. we knew, we said on our show last week, when we talked about Matt Canada being the offensive coordinator no longer, that this was going to be a process. It was not going to be a one-week fix, right? We saw you a lot. Jump that big in week one. I just can't wait. <laughs> Sorry. Right. But but you, you can say that was a big jump. Right. But where did where was the jump not made? In scoring some more points. Okay. Mm-hmm. If they can keep some more of that consistency, and as Coach Tomlin said today, quit being on the wrong side of field position. Yep. That's they're how they going, got 400 yards. They had long they, fields. They're going to have the opportunity to put more points up. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. I mean, b- bottom line is I felt like I felt in the preseason again. Yes. I think I said that to Kyle after the game. I said, boy, I felt more like the Steeler offense from the preseason. Yes. It really did. And. There was something else I was going to say, and now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I'll think of it after the show, and I'll tell just you, but no one else is going to get to hear about it. Boy, it's almost but, like uh, I have a conversation with our mother. Yeah. <laughs> I have something to tell you. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> so she, she actually Rich. did that. She actually did that to me today. She's like, I got something important to tell you. And I waited till you finished talking what you were talking with your dad, and now I can't remember. <laughs> yep. Yep, I I know, I know. It's it's what happens. So, okay, Wes gave us some further context. He's like, so over the um, in the first ten games, Fairmuth, Hayward, and Washington combined for two hundred twenty eight yards. In game eleven, Pat Fairmuth had one hundred twenty by himself. <laughs> Just yeah, could yep. be. Look, the, if the Steelers start using their tight ends consistently. Just think about what that does for Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Calvin Austin out on the outside passing game. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren in the running game. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, you, you want to stop and think, Kenny Pickett, just more places to go with the football. Okay, a quick question for you. Okay. Did you get the feeling that Kenny Pickett had more options of where he could go with the football in the game? I do. I feel like he had the freedom. Now, does it mean that you hit all your reads? No. No. But you could look at what the defense was doing and decide what was going to be your first and second read based on what you saw at the line of scrimmage. Correct. You know, not that this has to be your first read, regardless of what the defense shows you. That's how I felt. Now I remember what I was going to say. So I better okay. say it. When's the last time you saw the players this excited and and happy 
on the sidelines and after a game and everything. Yeah. Because they have now what we have now that we didn't have eight days ago. Hope. Yes. Hope of improvement. Because here, here's a great question um, that I, I, someone else, other people might have answered this, but I, I, I didn't get to see it. Uh, if they did or not. Afton Ford says, what happens when the tape catches up with the new play caller? Easy. You you call more plays. You call new plays. Because the tape catches up, but if you're adding to your repertoire as the tape is catching up, then you're good. Do you ever really feel like Matt Canada added to the repertoire? Isn't that why Coach Tomlin constantly had to say, we just have to do what we do better? It didn't feel like it was anything new. I have a, you're going to see something new every week now because I think these guys get it and are smart enough. And if nothing else, they are coaches that appear that they will listen to their players anyway. Yeah. It and, just seems you know, to work more in harmony. That gives hope. They're not playing super technical. Yeah. They're playing, you know. Yeah. To do his Madden game where you can pick a gazillion plays. Yeah. So, and they, under, they understand that you can line up in the same formation and run multiple plays out of that formation to keep teams guessing. Yes. That's the other thing I felt Matt Canada never yeah. did. You're in, you're at these players in this alignment. This is what's coming. Yep. Yeah. You got stuck in so, tendencies and things of that nature. I, so, I wouldn't bring that, up. Yeah. I wanted to bring us something real quick on uh, on another thought, which might have helped add a little bit to Kenny Pickett's PFF score. Yeah. I think he got some style points. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, both throws up the seam to Firemuth, tight windows. Yeah. Okay. The throw to Deontay Johnson and the throw to George Pickens, each down a sideline. Beautiful, beautiful throws dropped in perfectly. I think it seemed he like he had a stronger ball, if you know what I mean, you know. Just a stronger ball, but the, I mean the both of them just the ball was right where it had to be. I think he got some, I think they gave him some style points partly because it wasn't something you hadn't really seen from him this year. Yeah. So, just yeah. a thought. He, yep. Yep, so I got hope I got hope going forward with the offense can continue to improve. You don't just you don't just say, "Oh, the offense wasn't very good. We gotta we gotta we gotta back everything up and do and do less, but do it better." Doesn't work. No. Yeah. So 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 there you go. Also, it'll be really interesting to see what kind of comments we get on, on the on after the fact on YouTube in this show because if you go back, I'll, I'll tell you. Saturday morning, I was on the Q and A with 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 Jeremy Jerome Betts. Mm-hmm. If you go back and look at those comments, they did not age well. <laughs> People who commented after the fact, tearing up Kenny Pickett, he's terrible. It's not going to make any difference at all with him, with Matt Canada being gone, because he's just not it. Now, am I saying that Kenny Pickett is it? Which that, There's no definition of that anyway. Am I saying that? No. But I'm just saying he looked a whole lot more like it last week than he has all season. So... Let's get a repeat performance. Let's not even just a re. I, I'm happy with a repeat performance, except for points. 
let, let's let's step it up a little bit. Not let's just not show that that jump in offensive performance happened there. Now it's got to build week in week in and week out. This is December. If you're going to improve through December, this is what I talked about for the longest time when people keep asking me about who you think is going to win the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not jumping to any conclusions with the Steelers. I'm not there yet. No. I say look at the teams that are winning games and getting better at the end of the season. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a chance to be a team like that. now. They didn't eight days ago, and now they do. And what they have to do, yes, their schedule, their schedule coming up is looking pretty nice. People keep talking about on the national people. They're like, well, you know, Baltimore's going to win that division. You forget. Week 18, that could be a very important game. The Steelers controlled their own destiny for the AFC North. If the Steelers yeah. went out, they win the North. And a season. I mean, and, and, and story. And if they lose any games, they have to lose the same number as, as the Ravens going in going in, into the last week of the season, you know, because the Ravens don't buy this week. So you can't drop, you can't drop nothing this week. If there's ever, if the Ravens lose one, the Steelers can lose one. That's what I'm saying. But I'm not, I don't even talk about losing one. If, if they're, the, if they're both sitting in the same with the loss column coming to the last week, that game's for the division. So what's crazy is that the Steelers not playing well offensively for so long, put themselves in a position that they, that they control their own destiny in the AFC North still. So you got to improve, it. and it starts this week. We got to get to this. Arizona Cardinals, if you're out there listening, hit me up. I'm going to be there. One, a part of the 122 crew. Let me know if you're going to be there. This is the one game. I'm saying the one game right now that I'm going to be at because uh, I'm not ruling out the Steelers hosting a playoff game. If they win the FC North, they host a playoff game, and I've already put in for my playoff tickets. Now, I don't know if I have to go rock, paper, scissors with my brother-in-law or if we each get one seat, <laughs> how we would do that. Um, I'll say, if we go that route, I'm going to be saying, hey, Chuck, looks like we're going to the game together. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so the Steelers, yeah. They have every opportunity, but it doesn't. Not, all that doesn't matter. What matters is this week against the yep. Cardinals. Rich, give me some of your thoughts before you give me your score. All right. Now, uh, honestly, don't, don't 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 jump ship. Don't, thoughts, don't get too soon. Thoughts on this game? As I watched the Cardinals playing the Rams the other day, the Cardinals' defense not that good. Yeah. The Cardinals' offense, not that good. They're one of the worst passing offenses in the NFL. Pretty decent with rushing, but one of the worst passing. The Steelers are up there in rushing defense now. I really uh, – oh, yeah. Oh, I have to bring up two. I got, I got my thanks, Rich, up there. Yes, not only will you be in attendance, Frosty to Bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be trying to hook up with, so, to get closer to, he, to, to meet up with Frosty. Yep. So um, he he ended up purchasing my tickets for that game. So uh, he said thanks to me. I said thank you, Frosty the Bear, because although I would have gone to that game, no problem. I really had some other things I was wanting slash needing to do this weekend besides running up for yet another game um although and I the expense have, of going to a bunch of games <laughs> and, and yeah 
Although I have been undefeated for quite a while now. So yeah. Um, if they lose, it's your fault, Dave. Um, but I really hey, don't expect I'm the Steelers undefeated to, since COVID. I, I really don't expect the Steelers to lose this game. Um, uh, I think, believe it or not, I think this past weekend was, I want to say, was fuel to the fire mm-hmm. for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Because I think they got a glimpse of their own potential on both sides of the football. Yeah. And I think they really got a chance to look at that and and think, hey, we could be not just a decent football team, but a really good football team. So if Mm -hmm. if they build from that, if they see that and they're hungry for that, I expect them to come out and take care of business against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, something else that may play into the Steelers' hand in this game. Have you looked at the weather for Sunday, Dave? Uh, I have. It's supposed to rain. (laughs) Supposed to be rainy. I like the Steelers' running game over the Cardinals' running game, especially the Steelers' running game against the Cardinals' defense versus the Cardinals' running game against the Steelers' defense. Yeah, that's where you really have to look at it. You're exactly right. Yeah. Um, So we'll see where that goes. Um, but in the end, um, if you're ready, I'm going to go ahead and give you my score. That's what I'm waiting for. Steelers, 24, Cardinals 10. Rich has 24 to 10 with the Steelers. Remember, your scores are there and are ready. If you don't see a team, we assume Steelers. But before we get started, here we go. The $2 into the tip jar from way back at the beginning because he had to get going. Captain Underpants said, can't stay tonight. Score. 24-9. Good guys. I haven't even looked he's, at his score. And That's he's saying funny. 475 yards. Um, I'm trying to get back. I have a feeling this is going to – wow. i got to scroll way back in order, oh, to, sorry. in order to find these. Okay. Um, oh, no. Guess what? I messed up. I, I did it in our YouTube live chat. It didn't go out everywhere. Scores are out there. If you didn't get it on Facebook, it's because I left a message just for YouTube before we started the show. And therefore, oh. you know what? I'm going to put it out there again for everybody else. Yeah, uh, just, just because of sure. Uh, yeah, just to make sure. But for those of you, you're fine because I, I I messed that up a little bit. So Kathy Ford, she's got 30 to 17 Steelers. Sorry, Brian Brown, you jumped a gun. You don't get yours. Uh, George has 27-13 Steelers. Um, Steel Dog 88 is 27-10 Steelers. Uh, uh, Steelers-Pittsburgh, 24-8 Steelers. There's Afton Ford saying 30 to 10. Um, Sean Manahan says Steelers 27 cards, 13, going with even more, another 400 games offense. Uh-oh, we got a break in tradition. Thomas Riley. No, broke it. He, I thought we didn't we break it last break, week. I don't know. Yeah, no, I he think he did it last week because he realized yeah. the, the curse was broken. And whether it was last week, it, it makes sense. Steelers 34, Cardinals 16. I'll be honest with you. 16 is an awful lot for the Cardinals against the Steelers. Actually, yes, it is. Yeah, look at that. Even it with is. Wes, he says 31 17. Steelers get Steelers get five takeaways. They might have a five takeaways. <laughs> yeah. If there's five takeaways, yeah. there's no way they're getting to 17. Yeah. 
Uh, Steeler Chick 46 has 20, 28 to 10. Okay. Uh, Dion Eaton says 28 10 Steelers as well. Uh, Steve Phyllis says 27 12 Steelers. First timer. Hey, good to see that you got in there. There you go. Um, first time the show. Don't, don't get rid of me. Um, hey, thanks for joining us. Glad you got your score in there. Here's Gavin Anthony has 23-10. I can't read. 23-17 Steelers. Um, Frosty the Bears got uh, 34-13 Steelers. Being in big bro seats. Oh, he said KP8 gets four passing teams. I don't know. In the rain, he could because it was raining last week. It didn't bother the Steelers. No, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Harvey Stone's got 26 13 Steelers. No one you know has 26 23 16. That would be Steelers. Brian Brown now gets it in and says 33 7 Steelers. He says Boz is going to hit 11 field goals. <laughs> <laughs> 11 field goals. That'd be great. Uh, David Poe says 23 13 Steelers. Reginald River says 30 to 17 Steelers. Uh John Walter says 23 14 Steelers. Um outside Steelers fan has 27-10. Said finally a convincing game. Yeah, that would be. Uh Brian Blackstock says 27-13 Steelers. Um, then what's where I put scores out there again? Felicia. Hey, Felicia. Hey, Felicia. She has 24-17 Steelers. Um, Reuben Stone. Has 23-9, getting focused. Um, George Rice has 27-19. Those were both Steelers, the last two that I said. Um, um, Steelers Nation, Australia. 41-41 card pit. He's a huge fan of card pit. Maybe the only thing. Remember, these two teams merged into one in the 40s. Um, there we go. Uh, Sherry Richards has 33-16. Um, I think I got outside Steelers fan. Yeah, I got that one. Um, Richard Adamson, 21-7 Steelers. Jerry Cherry, rocking it with the band. Uh, uh 23-13 Steelers. Uh, he says Wes says it's a good point. He fixed his score. 31-6. And they still get five takeaways. Okay. Okay. Uh Gary. That's 17-16 Steelers. A Tomlin special. You know what? That would be a Tomlin special. Yeah. Um, Tyler W. 30 Steelers 31, cards 24. Wow, that's a lot of points for the Cardinals. I just the um, Cardinals just don't put up that many points yeah. usually. Um, I'll talk more about that on Stat Geek. Uh, George OTJ has 27-13 Steelers. Um uh let's see. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I think, I, I think that's it. I'm excited. I really am. I'm excited for this one. Not because I'm going to be there. Normally, I would be more nervous because this would be the kind of one. I mean, especially if you're talking about the Steelers' offense of two weeks ago, you're like, "Oh, watch them play the Cardinals and not be able to do anything." Okay, they're at home. They're playing a team that doesn't have a strong defense. They don't have that strong of an offense. They're all, I mean, they're, they haven't even had their bye week yet. The Cardinals bye is after this game. They, them and them and the commanders are the, are the two teams that have the latest bye of the season. So they're two and 10. They already can't have a winning record. They're eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, I don't know if it's officially mathematically, but I mean, in reality, that's what it is. And some people think that they're going for a draft pick. 
So they're does it playoffs. remember this is still a team the beat the Dallas Cowboys was a different quarterback. Um but now they have their number one overall pick quarterback back. So it's not that any NFL team can beat anybody, but there's just something that feels different about this Steelers team now. If they don't win this game, to me, they're not contenders. You know, and it's not like they're playing the best competition. You have to win these types of games. End the story. All right, Rich, what do you want to say to close this out? All right. So, um, <laughs> enjoy yourself I, at the game, Dave. I will, uh, I, I, I will. I will have to, you know, take care of make sure I write my uh, article extremely well, since I won't have you to edit at halftime. Um, <laughs> That's right. But I, I will handle that. Um, look, the other thing you're going to get that uh, that I think you're going to get, which is why, in some ways, hey, Frosty the Bear, enjoy my tickets. In some ways, I really wish I was going to this game because I sat in the stadium for the Thursday night game against the Titans. Mm-hmm. The place was dead. Yeah, there was no excitement. Uh, the Steelers, yeah, Renegade happened. Everybody got to cheering, and then they gave up the very first play, a big play, and the place went dead silent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think this past week is going to re energize the fan base. Yeah. And I think that in itself could help be contagious to the players on the sideline. You know, to to that, you know, they were like, you could see the excitement in the players last week. I think you're going to then dig it at home. They're feeling good about that. If the fan base comes out and is extremely energized, I think that's just going to energize them all over again, saying, hey, our fans are, are here and they're being loud and they're excited again. That should have us excited. Yep. And I and I expect to see a pretty pretty good game i expect it to be what i want to say i guess the word i want to use is is clean um Mm -hmm. that you know the steelers won't make a lot of boneheaded mistakes and you know uh, for the first time in a while it's tuesday and i'm already looking forward to sunday yeah okay tuesday night and i'm looking forward to sunday one o'clock when God intended football to be played. My butt is going to be upstairs on my couch. Kyle will be with me um, because he's excited again. And he and I are going to be excited to sit down and watch the Steelers play the Arizona Cardinals. Can't wait. Can't wait.